podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right. Good morning and good afternoon out in the east. Where are you? Where are you at, Amanda? Where are you? Where are you from? I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Minnesota. Oh my! I, now I didn't know that. That's that, that's something we talk about. You know, that's where my uh, that's where my family lives. My mom is from Minnesota. Whereabouts? Oh, what's a little town called that she's like? It's not Minneapolis. It's a small little town by there. Gosh, I haven't been there. I've only haven't been to Minnesota since I was 18 years old so long ago. But that's where my that's where her brother and everything lives. Her dad is from Minnesota. And so my whole family is from that that side. When I was 18 years old, I got to I got to see what it's like to live a summer in Minnesota doing farm work. Mm. And I lifted weights and a lot of stuff when I was 18. So I was pretty strong kid anyway. But let me tell you something. Farm strong is a whole different ad, uh, animal than weightlifting strong. Because we, when I was there, here's what we did. We, one couple days is we had to go uh, hay baling. Mm-hmm. And so we, these, these bales come up and they're about 100 pounds and, and you're humping them up. And right. And I'm able to, about halfway through the day, I'm like, man, what the heck? And these, these, these country boys are slinging this stuff like it ain't nothing. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Then one day we had to go butcher chickens. We like we butchered 150 of them at a farm. So I got the real farm life when I was 18. Sounds and, like it. Uh, so that's not that's where I'm originally from, though. I I actually grew up on the East Coast, uh, North Carolina. Um, but my husband was in the Marine Corps. He was stationed out there, so uh, in Virginia. So we met um, towards the last couple years of college and. I graduated. We moved to Iowa. So that is where he's from. Oh. So I married a farm boy. I know about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let me say even got nothing but respect for, for those people that work that farm life. And it's like what you see in the movies, like where, you know, when you go at lunchtime, there's this spread of food because if you don't eat, you ain't getting the second half of the day down. I'm telling you, it was just brutal, just brutal. So, well, man, we've been, I'm glad we got to finally hook up. I know we've we talked about it a couple of times, so I'm glad you're here. So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. You know, welcome to the, the Beyond the Mat podcast. We'll talk a little bit about martial arts, too, and kind of what you do. Warrior, the, the women of armor mm-hmm. sounds just awesome. And, you know, we've got nothing but powerhouse women here at the studio. So I think that's something that's going to be fun to talk about. So go ahead and why don't you introduce yourself and, and, and what you do, and we're going to get right into some some good talk. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm Amanda Ewers, and like I said, I'm here in Minnesota. I'm a two-time award-winning speaker and author. Um, I'm a professional educator, so I love teaching. That is the thing that just fills me up. I love teaching, whether it's fitness, it's in the classroom with middle schoolers. That's my specialty. Um, I love working with the kids. And um, so I've taken a lot of my experience and I've built programs, um, created journals and things like that. And yeah, so I just I really enjoy the, the coaching community and getting in with groups of people. I've, I've really just in, enjoyed having that opportunity. Well, that's good. So do you have now? Are you a full time teacher? Is that with middle schoolers? Well, I, so what I do, I'm a licensed teacher, but I do long-term subbing. So that gives me Uh, variety. I'm not, not mm -hmm. stuck in, in one classroom. I call them pockets of sunshine. So I'm able to go and spend time with this group of kids. And then I get the opportunity to go work with another group of kids and I get to learn new things as I go. So I've, 
this year I've, I've uh, worked with English language learners. So people that are new to our country, um, I've been able to help transition them into middle school and, and get them to learn the language. Um, I'll do some science and some media literacy at some point this year as well. So I just, I kind of like having the flexibility and then I can take some time off and, and travel speaking and things like that. So it's been, it's been a pretty cool gig. That's good. That's good. My daughter-in-law also is a teacher. She's a school teacher also. <clears throat> so she's an elementary teacher. Mm-hmm. And have you always done middle school? How do you like that age group? I, you know, I like it. And it probably helps that I have a middle schooler at home or I don't know that I'm still tossed up whether that's beneficial or not, because I don't get away from it. I'm with a middle schooler all day long. Um, <laughs> but um, I just I think that age is so much more impressionable and they're really trying to discover who they are. And I just feel like you have an opportunity to really create an impact at that age. So I, it is a, a special place for me, for sure. That's good. I think that as a well, as a martial arts instructor too, I have really different. I have different. Uh, you know, we've got little. We got little three year olds all the way up. You know, through middle school, and then you do see the challenges each of them have. Bullying is so prevalent in in, in schools right now. It's just, it's just so irritating. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it even happened to my own children. So you know, yeah. it's just I don't know. Just so it's really aggravating. That we can't seem to get a grip on that, you know. And, and having the conversations with parents, I think it creates its own dynamic. We we had a, a situation where a brother had come in, and I think he had been so influenced in his own life that it was almost carrying over into his younger brother. And I think it was hindering his brother from being able to just form relationships because it was the little stuff and not to discount the little stuff, but if you can't handle some of the little stuff, the big stuff is it'll crush you. And um, I think we have to be careful not to carry over our own experiences because that was a different time. Mm -hmm. And the challenges that kids are faced with today is different. I mean, everything's in their face nonstop. Um, And, we were sheltered a little bit from that because we just didn't have the the influence of social media like the, these kids do. So it's a different dynamic for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I guess you guys as teachers, I talk to my daughter-in-law about that quite often. It's just a different, definitely is a different animal altogether because we just didn't have the social media. I've told my kids, I was glad I didn't have social media because there's a lot less stress without it. You know what I mean? We, we get done with school and we play some uh, sports you know, ride bikes. And I said, we used encyclopedias for our, uh, for our reports. So there's, I said, there's just a different altogether dynamic that, that you guys have, you know, it's, it's a a curse and a blessing at the same time, you know, what they have the ability to how much smarter they can be because of it. But at the same time, just, just the, and it's not just kids either, man. I see them in the adults. As a, as a martial arts instructor, I see the same thing as adults. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a little disheartening for that way too. Yeah. Just being able, not not being able, that's why I said, I think the you're, what you have here, women of armor, mm-hmm. just trying to know how to put armor on mm-hmm. and how to navigate and, and you know, I, that's, you know, I tell everybody my story. I, I was bullied pretty, pretty profusely always kind of a bigger guy and in <clears throat> then you know i lifted i started lifting weights when i was a young guy 12 13 years old so i naturally i was bigger than everybody mm-hmm. but in school wise man it was just brutal and you know i remember just having a snapping point and then that's when things change but on the same token you can almost be borderline bully yourself once you're once you're bullied once you find once you get empowered and you stick up for yourself and you see that things work it can almost flip script and become one itself. You know, I've seen the same thing in, in our schools when you get overconfident and then you get, then, then you go and start flipping the other side just because you have some power, you know, in, in mindset. So that there's just, just a dynamic of that. So when, let's talk about what your, 
Well, let's talk about your book first, okay? Because, you, you you know, we, we have that in common. You know, you've wrote. And how many books have you written? Well, I my first anthology is coming out. It um, is actually being released in the next few hours. Uh, so oh, that is an anthology, uh, Warrior Women and Life Lessons, uh, Turning Life Lessons into Legacy. So it's a compilation of 13 women sharing their stories of things that they've experienced in life and how they've been able to overcome them and turn that story into a legacy. A lot of times we don't know the stories of our grandparents that's not written anywhere. And so what is that thing that we want to leave behind and show that in a sense that we've made a mark that, that, you know what? Yes, I live this, but this is what I'm leaving behind. Um, and so my, my contribution was a letter to my daughter. I felt that um, to bring together warrior women and to be able to share that, I did it in a way that told my story, but through the lens of being healed and not through hurt. And so it was a very, I can't even explain it. As, a, as an English teacher, I still can't explain the style of writing um, that I did, but it was it was very unique. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the many lives that it touches because it'll touch women in various stages of motherhood or um, maybe just a, a woman that's going through an abusive relationship or, um, you know, having some issues trying to process, um, you know, childhood trauma. There's stories in there that will apply to women in various different areas of their life. So I'm really excited um, to just share that and to see the impact that it creates. The stories in there are, are incredible. And the women that I've met along the way are just, you know, to see a woman go through the pain, the hurt, the the abuse, the the trials and tribulations, and to come out and say, this is me. And I'm proud of who I am today. And I'm okay with putting this out there. Um, there there's just a, an amazing amount of bravery that comes with that. So I'm so, so incredibly honored to be a part of that compilation for sure. So who did the, who's the anthology, who started off the anthology? Um, Desiree Cruz. Desiree so Cruz. Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Good this lady. The, the second. Good lady. Uh, yeah. The series two. So the first series, um, you know, Nikki Cuesta, which is how I, I met her. And I think that was the, we did a business mindset. Um, mm -hmm event together. And so um, that is how I had met Nikki. And that's how I was able to meet you. So, you know, doing these projects, you're able to meet people along the way and have opportunities to, you know, connect and to find out you're from, you know, have family from Minnesota. It's such yeah. a small world, you know, yeah, it's a very small world, <laughs> very, very small world. Yes. The Minnesota. Now is it cold out there right now? You guys got snow already? I mean, cold <laughs> well it can be 60 it could be 60 here and and you got people like oh my gosh we got to turn the heater on uh you know so yeah it's you know. i mean it's cool it's cool <laughs> everybody from that from that particular they say that all the time what do you mean by cold it's okay. it's 40 and cloudy and i was outside in just long sleeves this morning so it's it's not that cold yet. <laughs> yes. Cool. See, California would have uh, big perk of jackets on uh, today yeah. um, if it was 40. Trust me. They're just not yeah. used to that kind of stuff. No, well, that's the beauty is. of but California. Then again, you can snow ski and surf all in the same day. <laughs> There's that. <clears throat> so, for sure. Well, let's. So your i don't want to your anthology comes out today so well first of all where where are you going to be able to pick that up at is that going to be out on do you have a private website for that or did you put it on amazon or what what you guys decide to do yeah so um in order to get a signed copy from myself it's on my website um and then the, the it will be available on amazon as well yeah so so i well here's let me let me encourage everybody cuz i'm an author myself so anybody that's if you're going to listen on the replay and stuff like this, because we, we'll get hundreds, if not a thousand people listening after, uh, you know, on the replays on this. Mm -hmm. 
if from an author to an author, if you can, I will have her website also in um, in notes and when it goes uh, when it goes on audio also, I'll have this on my audio podcast also. So when you go when you go to my website or the audio part, all of her bio and stuff will be there. Mm-hmm. And I'll go in and, and edit YouTube also to make sure we have it. But listen, if you can buy from the author themselves, you are really supporting the authors, just those that are listening to this podcast. Because us as authors, you'd be surprised on how much Amazon takes. Oh, yeah. And then Amazon will not pay you until you have a certain amount of money that you've accumulated from your book sales. So as easy as it is, you know, to, you know, if you, I don't know if they're going to try and go bestseller, but even that, even the algorithm of a bestseller is a book that, you know, you can get a bestseller going through the algorithm on a digital copy of your book and you can go bestseller from that. But even if you do that for the author, which is great because it helps them, you know, boost their algorithm, buy your physical copies from the, uh, the straightly from the author. Not only will you get an autographed copy, but you get to support the author 100%. They get to get 100% of the proceeds of the money that they put out for these anthologies because there is a cost involved. Mm-hmm. I was new to this whole thing when I wrote my book, man, it was a, I'm telling you, it was a process when I first did it. I, I've been wanting to write a book for a long time. When I wrote my first book, I said, man, this is not, as easy as I thought it would be and the time that goes with it and your thought process on how to do all that. Mm-hmm. And I have a second book. I just haven't put it out there yet because I just trying to get through the first book was one thing. And I don't know if you're going to use this in your, in your speeches, in your, in, you know, warrior women. Yeah. I think first of all, you, the I love watching how all these women kind of come together and, and they form these different these different groups. I often tell my in my own school, as far as women go, I told them I said I, I you know I missed out on training from some really good females because of my mindset back when I was a young man, right? I just wouldn't in my twenties when I started. Uh, I remember being in martial arts class and I'm like. I just would only take from my instructor. I just wouldn't, you know, there's some really good women, female black belts, and I just wouldn't take from them. And I tell this story all the time when I do instructor training for females. And I said, it's hard for a female to get in front of a martial arts class and prevent, you know, and get some uh, alpha males in there that are type A and get their attention that they're going to want to take from you. And I was one of those, right? And I missed out on some really good training because of it. Because I just thought, you know, martial arts about fighting, man. I'll kick the shit. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, uh, what, what my mindset was so closed off and my ego was so engaged back in the day that I missed out. Now, you know, some of my, some of these females are some of the great, my, my greatest friends I've ever had at this point. And watch how they have to overcome to be able to become good teachers is it, it's a process. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome to see you guys come together. And cause I've got some, well, the, the, the thing about as I've evolved in the martial arts and I, and I've extended my knowledge and, and then I get to give my students the knowledge that I have, man, I've got some women that'll kick your ass. I'm, I'm not kidding. You know, <laughs> these alpha males, when they get choked out by some, some, somebody on the ground and they have like, you know, it's a female and they're just like, they cannot understand for the life of them what's going on is a powerful thing. So martial arts has been, been quite a, quite a powerful thing. Now I, I believe, you know, you trained in martial arts. Let's talk about that, about what you've done in this. And then we're going to get back to the, the teaching part of it. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's actually a really funny story how this all happened. We had gotten invited to a birthday party and we, we hadn't been living here that long. And so the kids were young and they were trying to make friends and, you know, the whole try it out for six weeks and the kids had a blast. And of course, you know, mom, you should do it too. So that's how I got started. I kind of, I, there was one person I kind of blamed for the long, longest time. I said, it's your fault. I'm at this, <laughs> but you know, we, we were really enjoying it. And I love that the kids were getting their, um, their stripes on their belts for doing 
little things around the house or doing the things that they were supposed to do at school. And I could just see the leadership that was being built. So we studied um, Taekwondo and it was a leadership martial arts school. Um, and so we were going through and um, my daughter kind of got to a point where the <laughs> physical challenge, she just, she wasn't able to move past female instructor um, definitely uh, was really tough on her. And my daughter just wasn't able to, to push through. And my son, he's just like, ah, I'm ready to do something else. But see, I was committed. And I, for a long time, I wasn't sure what, what was driving me, what was really pulling me to be so committed to this. And my husband would joke and he's like, well, it's that whole, um, was it the gamblers thing where you're, you're already this invested, you can't quit now. And I'm like, no, I think there's more to it. I'm the teacher. I've all, I'm always the teacher. But in this particular thing, I got to be the student. I got to study. I got to practice. Somebody else was helping me refine my skills to give me something that I didn't innately know already. Like this was something that was taking me outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, nobody looks at you and, and assumes that you're a black belt and that's not something that you go around sharing, right? It, you just don't do that. But inside it was really changing me. And so I just, I, I stuck with it. And then COVID hit when I was going through my, my last year of training. Mm. I can't tell you how many days I wanted to quit because I missed being able to, well, put people on the floor uh, for one uh, <laughs> to, um, you know, in, in that time, you really needed to hit a bag. You really needed to throw some kicks and, you know, to be on the mat. There's something about that that really gets you out of your head. And instead I'm confined to my four walls, still putting on my uniform every day and still checking in with my instructor and still doing the videos and marking the floor of where my, you know, my form's supposed to hit. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, this is the one thing that gets to be consistent by choice. True. And for the, I think for the first time, it gave me that sense of empowerment that I truly got to choose. I didn't, I could have quit. The kids quit. I could have been done. I could have said, well, I mean, I just want my black belt. I'm not going to do anything else after it. But to see the pride that my kids had every single day that I would still show up to class at five o'clock on Zoom, to still bow in, to still throw on my uniform, make sure it's pressed, tighten my belt appropriately, like do just doing the things as if I was still going to class. I was setting that example for the kids mm -hmm. and all the time I was helping my mental health through this whole COVID situation. Um, so that was really the overall journey. And I, you know, I kind of look back and I'm going, I'm really proud of myself. True. And it's, you know, to look up there and say, man, I did that through a pandemic. And I didn't quit. I was a grown up in a group of kids. Yeah. And I didn't quit. Excellent. Excellent. Now, did, now, did you have to do Zoom classes to go through this or did, were they meeting? Um, we did a lot of Zoom and then we were able to do um, like private lessons and things like that. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, there was one time it was towards the end and, um, you know, being at home, it's just kind of hard to do the right marks and stuff. And my instructor, he would say, you know, this, you need to get out of your head. 
You need to get out of your head all the time. You always tell me that, you know, this get out of your head. Yes. So he had me come in for a private lesson and he put a blindfold on me and he told me to count to a hundred and do my form. So while I'm doing my form, I'm counting to a hundred with a blindfold on and I didn't miss a beat. Good instructor. He's like, he's like see, you know it. Good instructor. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That was awesome. That's, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Awesome stories. Well, <clears throat> so where are you at with it today? Do you, do you teach at all or do you uh, train still or what, where are we at? No, um, there's kind of been some uh, changes at the school itself. A lot of the people that um, I did train with have kind of moved away. Um, so currently, no, I still keep in touch with, with the people there. So keep in touch with um, the owner. And I actually messaged him a few weeks ago. I said, I missed the mat. I think I need to come back. <laughs> and he's like, you're always welcome. You know, and there, there's still times where, you know, I'll be at home and I'll still work on my, my form and things like that. But, um, you know, I spar with the kids every once in a while. And, um, but no, there, there was something really special and unique about, just staying committed to it. And, and I don't know, it's just what I needed in that time of life. And to be able to look back and say, I did that. Um, it, it does help. It helps in ways I really can't explain. That's true. I, <clears throat> with and people won't understand unless they, they've done it mm -hmm. and, you know, gone through the growth, you know, I, you know, I tell everybody, everybody's thinks that, um, you know, black belt, uh, being a black belt is intriguing to people. You know, they mm -hmm. say, they think two things, either A, hey, you're extremely disciplined, or B, you can kick somebody's ass. I mean, that's, that's immediately <laughs> what comes out of everybody's mouth. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's... It's just one of those one of those things, the mental growth that comes from from black belt. And it's so weird as I look back on it now, you know, and the higher ranks I get and, you know, I don't really speak about all these high ranks that I carry. But because to be honest with you, I'm. You know, I might be a high rank here, but, you know, uh, on the jujitsu mat, I'm just a purple belt, so I'm still getting tapped out, you know, so it's just kind of a, a circle of life of where you're at, you know, it's just mm -hmm. it's just such a learning process. It's so ingrained in me, part of me, just mm -hmm. the mindset of becoming a martial artist anyway. People have to kind of experience it. And I wish that we'd have more of it in our schools. Oh, for sure. Because <clears throat> it would give a sense of respect back. They'd be surprised. And the right instructor can bring a lot of respect back to the, to the, you know, help hold kids accountable because, you know, when you come to my class, you know, I'm one of those old school, hard, hard instructors, <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and they know that they know how Mr. Cox is. You know, when I step on the mat, everybody, you know, it's a, just a different atmosphere. But I also know that, uh, you know, I'm building these leaders that are going to be pushed. And I, and I tell the, everybody this time, and listen, you're going to be pushed to your limits on, on the outside of these walls. So you pushing through, whether it's fighting, whether it's. Uh, you know, weathering a storm uh, of a test because you're so anxious because you really didn't prepare well for it. And now you're you're crying in front of me because you didn't prepare and hoping that I feel bad for your insecurities and, and what you didn't do to prepare for the test today. And I said, so, you know, there's in this in my arena, you still have the opportunity that you might retest mm -hmm. and failure is such a growth process. And I find it, I find that the parents of today, even from 10 years ago, 10 years ago, parents, this one small 10 year generation of different parenting is a, is a world of difference that I see in, in my school, the coddling, the, uh, you know, I just, I saw a parent that did a red belt test and, and her daughter did okay. It wasn't the best test, and she knows it because she's just overcommitted to other things and stuff like that. So you know that she's got too much on her plate. So don't push, you know, she don't push the thing. Mm -hmm. And she did okay. 
and she'd already had to wait a six month time frame from her last test. So I, you know, this is an in between test for her to come and practice, so we can see if she and evaluate where she's at. Mm-hmm. And she did okay, but after class, you just did so wonderful. It was the best thing that I've seen you do, and da da da. And, and I told, I said, and I told mom, mom, don't. You you can give her the praise and say, I'm really proud of you how you got out there and you got after it. Mm-hmm. Now here's the areas that we need to work on. To, to make you even a better, better warrior. This is where it needs to be. Not, you know, give the, give the, you know, the best student award after it when you did, when you did mediocre stuff. I can't say, I just can't stand it. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. such a, a, a budding of heads that it's, it's tough. And I, now I've done the same thing. Now I've been a parent too. And so my, all my kids have done <laughs> martial arts and I've been the, on the other side of it watching my, my oldest boy that helps me run the school, especially go through up the ranks. And he, you know, he had the old school me anyway, he had to fight his dad and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, I'm making my, you know, I didn't care about making him cry, Uh, you know, but he's a super tough kid today, you know, but he's totally different than me. He's, he's, you know, he's an alpha male on the map, but he's not, he's not boisterous like me. He's, he's kind of quiet, chill dude, you know, so, so not me. And so I just told him, you know, I'll call my son. I'm like, what are you doing, son? He goes, hey, dad, I'm just chilling. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just chilling. <laughs> and was, what, what? And it's just so funny that we're so uh, on some things. We're, su- we're super like each other, but on the same, we're such polar opposites. It's right. that it's 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 funny. But that's I guess that's the beauty of martial arts in, in, in itself. Mm-hmm. you know what it is now tell you now going through your martial arts let's go let's see if your martial arts ha- took you out out into some other stuff so you said you got you got some awards for speaking let's talk about what that looks like about speaking and then we're, we're, we'll talk about this my experiences in speaking stuff too yeah so again don't even know how i get myself in these situations but um somehow i got connected with um the cruises and got on the phone and having a conversation and um, Jesse had said, yeah, I, I do um, these speaking competitions. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I've never done anything like that. And I was like, I'm turning 40. Why not? Let's do it. And then here we go getting in my head and I start seeing all the promotional stuff. And so I, he's like, you know, tell me three things that you're proud of that you've done in life, you know, for your, for your photo. And I was like, oh, right. Like I'm a black belt and we'll throw that up there. That's cool. Right. And then, you know, I've been married for almost 20 years. That's cool. And then, um, like I've been teaching for over a decade. Like those are really cool. I'm really proud of those things. Right. And then I start seeing international speaker and international author and podcast person and TV personality. And I'm going, I'm not like them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't fit in. Like, what am I doing? And I remembered the blindfold. Whenever I doubt myself, I go back to that blindfold moment. Cause I'm like, I've got everything I need already. Not knowing where it was going to come from <laughs> or what that special skill was, but something would always takes me back to that blindfold moment. And so I'm like, all right, get out of your head, get out of your head. And so I show up and I was like, all right, this isn't a competition. This is just me getting up there and performing what it is that I know I'm going to, I want to share my story with the people in the room. I've never done this before. Right. So I get up there and I share this story about, you know, my, my childhood. And, um, I lost my sister when she was 26. Um, she had AIDS and, you know, that was a pretty sad story. Um, and so shared that. And then I had gotten a job offer to be a teacher. And so I did like this full circle moment and I won first place. And I had to step back and I'm like, wait a minute. So for a moment, I let myself think that just because I didn't have the same credentials as everyone else, like I wasn't an author yet and I wasn't this and I wasn't that, I was still proud of those 
three things in my life? And that was the question. I was proud that I had gone through the experience of a black belt. There's no one in my family that's ever done that. I'm the only one. No one's in my family has been married. I mean, my family tree is, I, I don't even know. It's like a forest, right? And so like the fact that I've been, I've been able to, you know, have a healthy, longstanding relationship for this long. I'm proud of that. And to go to school and get my master's degree, like, again, I'm proud of that. So I owned who I was. And that was what helped me to own that moment. And I, I think we just forget to do that. We're so busy, like looking around and seeing, well, this person does this. So I should be doing that too. If I'm sharing the stage, then I need to be doing all the things that all these other people are doing. No, you should be doing that if that's what brings you meaning and purpose. If that, if you can contribute something by doing that, but don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. None of my friends were going to Taekwondo. Everybody that I knew quit, but I made friends with the people that were on my level that were going in that direction. So speaking offered me an opportunity to really own who I was and understand that what I had within me was worth sharing with people. Um, mm -hmm. The, the skill set that I brought was something that I had been doing for years. I was a teacher. I was teaching group fitness classes. All of these skills for seven years were grooming me to be able to take the stage. The moment you doubt yourself, that it, it changes the trajectory. You have to claim that you're a winner. You have to put in the reps. You have to put in the practice. Just like, you know, doing my form. When I put on the blindfold, I knew what I was doing. When I got on the stage, I just said, this isn't a competition. I'm meant to be here. There's a reason why I said yes. And there's a reason why I took this crazy opportunity. And here I am. And I've had many opportunities. And it's it's been fun. It's amazing. And I get to tell a different story every time because that is just my lived experience. And depending on the group of people I'm in, they need to hear something different. Where was, so it was this a Jesse Cruz um, competition that you did or is this other ones? Yeah. So this was uh, the Mike story competition. Mm -hmm. um, so they do one domestic and then one international every year. Um, so the next one's going to be, so the domestic one is um, in February and then they usually, uh, the international is September timeframe. Um, and so it was in Canada this last time. Um, and then it's going to be in Florida in February. So um, yeah, I, I've, I don't know that I'll compete again. I did, I did compete in Canada um, and I got most improved speaker. So, you know, I said I was going to go win a trophy and I did. So I've got a first place and a most improved. So I will, I put those right by my black belt. Well, I think that. Right. So I oh, we're back. Uh, getting on stage is not something uh, uncomfortable for me. You know, I, I teach so much class and that it's just not an it's just not uncomfortable for me to get up on stage. But I will tell you that I am a super competitive dude. <laughs> so I hated, like hated that there's any kind of competition involved because I, I viewed it as, okay, you're not, you're not placing yet. When you talk to the judges, here's what drove me crazy when I was doing these, I do them, but I'm not getting feedback. So I'm not knowing where, where, okay, where, where's the line okay what, what what am i what am i missing here mm. all right how am i not formulating 
and you know, I, I've got some, and then of course the room is different, right? I remember the one I'm like, man, I, I just picked the wrong subject for this particular room because everybody in the room is crying on everybody talking. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm like, goodness. And I'm like, do I talk about, I mean, I've got some pretty, you know, I got some pretty tear dripping stuff, you know, whether it's me carrying a baby's casket, you know, to its grave because the parents are just so, you know, distraught that they couldn't do it. Or my, my student that got killed by a drunk driver on my phone call, right. On him to come, Hey, can you come teach class for me tonight? And that the night that he and you know, somebody ended his life because they were drunk driving. Mm -hmm. So I had these powerful stuff to talk about. And I'm like, well, I mean, everybody in the room's crying. So let's, let's see if I can't get him to another level. And so I would get, and of course we got some laughs and I, you know, you know, I'm all animated and I'm all jacked up. And, uh, and then afterwards, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, another, some just some heartbreaking stories, man. I don't know. I said, how do you beat that? How do you beat the mom that lost the baby to, uh, you know, how do you beat that, that lost their baby to a, a, a small infant to, a cancer, right? I'm like, I'm like, how, what, how do you even talk after that? Okay. After that kind of a, a thing. So I, I did all these and I'm like, I'm talking to the judges. I said, give me some feedback on how to make this better on how, how to, how to pull all this in. And a couple of them did. And so it just pissed me off. I was so mad. I'm like, cause I can't stand <laughs> losing. I mean, I'd rather, you know, I, I hate, losing more than I like winning. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is how yeah. much I hate it. And so I hated these competitions that have these trophies attached to it. Cause I go in this competition mode, like mm -hmm. I'm going to smoke everybody in the room. And because that's how that's the kind of competitor I was, man, I was a world champion, man, for a long time, four or five years. And I had the mindset of one and I just couldn't get past this. I had great speeches and everybody enjoyed them. And, and, you know, I've even gotten called back. And if I'm breaking bricks and doing crazy stuff on stage, that's what I'm remembered for, right? The, you know, oh my gosh, Mr. Cox broke all these freaking bricks on stage. I've never seen anything like it. And so I, so I entered a, I went back and evaluated after my last one. And I said, man, I know I delivered on there. Where did I fail? So I went after Toastmasters. A speaker, you know, so you get into this Toastmasters group and you start working on speaking skills. Then now I've been doing that for over over a year now, and I have excelled in that in the, in in that. And so I said, because I'm learning on how to formulate a speech, how to do how to do everything that comes with a speech. There's a lot. I'm like, wow, this is why I'm not winning, because I'm not really kind of pulling it all together, having, uh, you know, there, I, I saw some holes in my game. I can get everybody animated and jacked up like I do in class, but I, I saw the holes in my game. And so now I'm going to, I'm shooting for the international competition in Toastmasters where the big boys go. And, and I think I have a really good shot at, at doing that. So, cause I keep, I keep formulating. I got, and I have people that give me real feedback, like, Hey, yeah. you're, you know, stop waving your hands around a certain way or, or, you know, if you have a different body language here, it's going to be better. Formulate mm -hmm. your sentences, have an idea here, here, and here. And I was really kind of getting, I've been getting great coaching in Toastmasters and it's not $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 or whatever we spend to go talk, <laughs> uh, you know, for me to really learn. So I get, I get that what it is, you know, what that is now. I, and I've, I've had Jesse Cruz on my, on my show. Yeah. On, on my, on beyond the mat. And I enjoy him too, but even his story, right. I'm like, how do you get in a room and beat his story? His own story or, or his wife. I'm mm -hmm. like, these are some powerful stuff. And I had to get to the same mindset you had. If I did not get out of the competition mindset, I would lose it in these things. So I mm -hmm. finally started on this, some of the speaking and I said, you know what? I just don't care about the trophy. I said, I'm going to, 
go speak on these things that that in my life that I know that other people have had this stress that I'm going to do. And then that's what I'm going to do. So I think that's powerful, Amanda, that you talk about that on this mindset of, well, first of all, you probably thinking like, right, the inter, uh, you know, authors, international, but doesn't that have the same flavor of, oh, uh, you know, y- you know, that's why you never hear me say I'm an eighth degree black belt or anything, because it sounds so far fetched that I don't even like saying it, right? And I don't like some of the titles that come with these high ranks, you know, the grandmaster or whatever. I, I, I can't stand it, right? The, I can't stand it. Even when they say it, I said, you're not calling me grandmaster. You can call me GM if you want to call me that. That's If that's if, if we're going to keep the title, you know, because I have to still respect my instructor. But mm-hmm. I said, we're not, I said, we're just not doing that, those kind of titles. I can't stand it. And I can't stand meeting a martial artist that tells me their title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good afternoon. My name is Grandmaster So and So. I'm like, man, shut up, bro. Um, <laughs> just shut up, dude. So, you know, I tell everybody. I said, you want to know what that title means? That means, a, I have perseverance. I didn't quit, and I'm old. That's what it means. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you had to put that out there, right? I said, so you're not. If you're 18 and you're calling yourself Grandmaster, you have done missed the boat. Okay, that is not. Not even close to what what it is at all. And so I tell everybody all the time, I said, don't get wowed because I'm an eight degree black belt. I don't have magical skills. Trust me. You know, I'm not one of these uh, McDojos that can knock people out from across the room because I said, if I could change somebody from across the room, it wouldn't be to knock them out. It would be to to uh, to 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 lift them up, not knock them down. If I could if I had those magical powers. So this is just one of those things. I was uh, glad to hear you talk about your experiences on the stage because I've had these experiences and and I think it's a good analogy that you have. Have you talked about that story on stage? Did you talk about the blindfold? Because that's such a good speech. No, I, I probably should. I think that's um, so there's there is an opportunity coming up that I I think I'm probably going to. Because you know, I'm listening to your story, and I'm like, you know, some of the speeches that we have, Amanda, I think that, you know, because I try and change every time I have, and but there's some that you have that are constant. Yeah. And I think the blindfold is a really good. I just uh, there's so many analogies that go with what you're talking about. Such a good instructor doing that, because mm-hmm. I remember doing certain things like that too, like tying your hands up, you know. <laughs> Uh, doing your forms with your eyes closed, all that, doing your forms like you're in water, uh, slowing everything down, because anything you do slow, you do 10 times worse fast. This is how you break down, uh, you know, just good instructor stuff that he he's done with you, you, you know, stuff that, you know, somebody that's been wise, that's been around for a minute that, that to help you get you out of your own head. Because he's, it's true what he's ta- telling you. You're, you're in. I say this probably on a daily basis. Why are you in your own head? Why are you making this more complicated? It's not as complicated as you're putting it out to be. Mm-hmm. But I get in my you own get head up, too on the jujitsu. You get up there. You get up there. It's like, you know, protect yourself. You know, and it, it's one of those things. It's like this is this is the most expensive investment. If you have to do anything facial reconstruction like that is the most expensive investment so protect your face like that's yeah i've been hitting the face several times i say you out man my face isn't quite as handsome as it used to be i'm I'm, i got a radio face now uh i i want to pick up on something that you said because you you know you're talking about being eighth degree and having like all these things and it took me a while to just say you know, two-time award-winning. And for me to say award-winning was something that I, but I had to own it. Cause the thing is, there's, there's one thing to be humble. There's one thing to be cocky. You have to be able to kind of find yourself somewhere in the middle to accept and acknowledge and appreciate who you are and, and like how far you've come on your journey. And, you know, to be eighth degree, that's nothing to, you know, shy away at, but like you said, that's what that re- really says is I've been consistent with my practice. I've not given up. I've continued to grow. Um, and so that's kind of a uh, perfect time for me to share what I've been working on recently was uh, is 
is consistency objective. Because for me, I said, there's a lot of things that I do pretty consistently, but they're not the right things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're if you're writing a book or you're preparing for a speech or you're on a weight loss journey or preparing for a competition, there are a group of things that you need to be doing on a daily basis or several times a week in order to achieve the goal that you've set out to do. And I know uh, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts and about um, New Year and and setting the goal and, and being able to um, really hone in on the goal that you've established because you have to have a goal. You have to have something that you're working towards. And I think it's really helpful to how do you set goals? Like, what does that look like for you when you're you're going through and you're saying, you know, this is just the next step or being really specific in what those steps are to get there. And so for me, it was like, well, this is the objective. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to happen. But, you know, just like being a black belt, well, I've got to do the yellow belt, the orange belt, the purple belt, the red belt, right? Like I have to do all of these things first. Mm -hmm. And those are measurable pieces in order to get here. Cause you can't just go here. You got to do some stuff along the way. And so I've, I've tried to figure out how do I take this really huge, massive goal and, and chunk it out. And so that I have consistent pieces that I'm working towards and really going back to the black belt and, and going through that whole experience that has really just helped shape my mindset of things don't, things aren't just given to you. And it's not like you can go out there and just do something. Maybe I can now, but I've had to do some things to get there. So like my daughter this morning, she's walking out the door and I said, well, um, I changed gears today. And so, um, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this instead. And she's like, how are you going to do that in three hours? And I was like, because I'm that good, but I wasn't meaning that in a cocky way. I just mean, I've practiced doing this activity for so long that now I can just sit down and knock it out in three hours. But I didn't just decide in three hours, I'm just going to do this and it's going to be worthwhile. No, I've spent money. I've spent time. And I've practiced so that now if I sit down for three hours, what I'm going to produce is quality. And so the consistency objective is um, it's a journal that I created and um, it goes along with sharing um, how you set that goal. What is that goal? What are the things that you need to do? If you do these five things every day, then you can say you've won the day. Otherwise, guess what? You're taking an L and nobody likes to take an L. Um, and it's been well received. Um, that'll also be on my website. So, um, mm -hmm. that'll be something for people that are looking for that new year rejuvenation, or maybe they're already, I, I'm not one of those new year's people. Like, I feel like we should be working towards something regardless of what time of the year it is, but let's just lean in. People are setting new year's goals. I'd rather you set a goal at some point. Um, but what are those consistent habits we need to be doing? that are going to move you in the right direction. Um, and so I hope to bring in some of that black belt mentality, if you will, to really help people push into um, being consistent with the right things. Yeah, I think that's good. I, yes, that's good. I, that's good. So you're saying you have that on your website. It's going to be, is it a, a help for how to journal and how to set goals? Is that what you're looking at for that? Uh, okay. So it's just a, it's a, it's a journal and it's got, um, your basically it kind of writes out what your, you put it in. This is my objective. These are the things I need to do to win the day. Um, and then I'll have QR codes in there. It'll take you to a quick little video with directions on, you know, how to do it. Some inspiration, little tidbits here and there, um, for when maybe you're feeling like a little stuck. So it's, it's a journal with enhancements it's an enhanced journal i'll call it that so 
That's good. That, that's yes. That's good. That's unique. You know, having having something that you know a QR code where you can pop off to either having a video of, you know, what you need to, you know, to dive deep deeper into it. Excellent. I I agree with you too. I'm not a New Year. As a matter of fact, I hate the New Year because the gym sucks at the New Year. Okay. <laughs> It is so irritating when you go, I'm like January. I mean, all you people are not going to be here in February. So, uh, you know, this is, it is super, I hate January at the gym. I'm, I'm so glad that I have such a nice home gym set up that I don't have to even go half the time. Right. I've even bought myself my own sauna. I have one of those red, red lean sauna. And I just bought one of those portable you know, steam ones too, because that's really what I like at the gym is some of the gyms have these nice steam rooms and I really like sitting in those steam rooms, <laughs> but I cannot stand every GoPro iPhone being filmed. You're walking, you can't even walk past the dumbbell rack without <laughs> going past three or four people filming their self. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, I know. It's so, I know. <laughs> it's so just, but, but I tell you know I and I know I think I know what you're, you're I do talk about that I mean what do you what are you doing to win today you know what, you know you're worrying about January what's happening today mm-hmm. what are you doing today to set yourself up for January if if that's when you're really going to start what habits are you breaking today are you just doing more and more bad habits and I tell everybody you know I went I some people may or may not know I've told the story before but you know back in 2019 and stuff when I was. I was not in a healthy place. I had some blood clots. I'm lucky I'm still alive. This kind of set the trajectory of me to get on a better health health kick. And I had such a bad knee that I had started gaining weight. And I was at my worst in, in 2019. And when I saw a picture of myself at my son's wedding, I was like, what the? F-? I was like, wow, what is going on? And that's when I made a serious change, you know, and I had lost like 110 pounds right when I did it. And I tell everybody, I did zero cheat days, and I really don't do cheat days today either. You know, there's certain things I gave up. I gave up sugar, and 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 some other stuff that I've I've completely given up. Where I just don't eat it anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I told everybody I didn't have cheat days because let me tell you something: cheat hours turn into cheat twenty four hours, and cheat days turn into cheat weeks and cheat weeks turned into cheat months and cheat months turned into cheat years. And then all of a sudden in January, you're having a new year and you've gained pounds. You've gained a bunch of weight instead of done anything, or even maintain your weight mm-hmm. because of a cheat day. Now it doesn't mean, you know, other, I, this is just my journey. And I tell everybody that I said, I didn't have cheat days. I just didn't tell myself I can, I can do things. Now, if you, if you're going to eat, you're going to eat. I wouldn't call right. it cheat days because it's going to be, a mindset shift and you got to have a mind shift of a, you know, a warrior's mindset is not that of, um, you know, or a martial artist mindset. I say this all the time. It's not about the tap out is about, thank you for showing me my weakness. Now let me work on not that happening to me again. Not like, Oh, I'm a loser and you know, I suck and everything else. It's like, wow. I mean, I appreciate you showing me my weakness. And now I know what I got to work on. Let's see if you next time you can't tap me with that again and see if I've grown from the process. And if for an analogy, as far as martial arts goes. So I think it's 100%. I think your journaling thing is awesome. I think that anybody that's listening to the show, if you guys have it, I'll make sure that this, this is on. Because uh, I think uh, everybody has a, a different a different way of doing things. But I will say... Mm-hmm. If you can physically write something down, and it wasn't easy for me to do this, there are days that I, you know, you know, other days I could journal things in and I did really, really well. Other days it wasn't so well. Now, when I went through 75 hard and you start going through the next live hard program and you're doing the next series of it where you have to have task on hand. Then it forced me to write some tasks down. And then I find out, wow, is this really important or is this important? What the heck is important? This isn't even, this is, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And, and how to um, not let people steal time. Not right. that, you know, especially for an entrepreneur, right? It's really easy for people to steal an hour of our time because 
they come in, you know, we don't really have a nine to five. We're not clocking in. And they're like, all of a sudden they want to talk for 45 minutes and then bam, 45 minutes is out. And okay, my task is off now. What, what, you know, what do I got to do? How to set boundaries, how to set time saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not available from these hours. Stuff like that. So I think that's powerful. I think that what, what you're doing, Amanda is, is great. You know, it's another strong uh, female martial artist getting after it, a teacher, and you are correct on that. I will. I just want to end with our, our our time together on something that you did say. Owning that, owning what you have. I've always felt that I don't talk a lot about my world championships and all that kind of stuff because, to be honest with you, when when people come and take lessons from me, it's not my world championship they're looking for. It's my concern for them, and can I get them to to address what they want. Mm-hmm. And those awards were way back, you know, way back in the day in the 90s and stuff like that. And, you know, and and I only kept out of the hundreds of trophies, I probably have a handful of ones that are super memorable to me. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them is when I lost because those are the biggest memories and because I made some mistakes mentally. And so I have the a few of these in my office of the times that I've, but nobody really Nobody really cares because that that trophy has nothing to do with how it, you know, I'm projecting into your life today, right. and so I I would I just I I I'd suppress it back and I wouldn't I wouldn't really say what it and when I was watching I've watched Jesse Cruz um I've watched um uh, Daniel Gomez Jose Escobar some of these guys. And they put their resume out there. And I used to not do that because I felt like I'm just not. I feel like I'm bragging of some sorts. It's not there's no humility to it. But then again, if I want to get my message across, you got to see where I came from, and where I'm at, you know, and say, hey, I, I don't say all this to say this. But listen, this eight degree is not a magic. But I'm telling you this. I didn't quit. I don't right. sit next to my instructor. I'm not my instructor's highest rank because I'm the most awesome. I'm the highest rank because I've been here the most and I sit on the right side of my instructor. I'm the highest rank in our whole system because I didn't quit and I carry on his legacy. And I said, and you know, how do, how do you own martial arts? I'm a martial artist that owns property. I've taken what I've done here so that I can have a life over here. Have you done that? Have you used your gifts in order so that you can uh, project? And, you know, that's why I tell other studio owners, man, I want studio owners are hard. It's a hard life to have a school. It's not an easy life. Mm-hmm. So you got to use your tools. And that's not that's true for everybody. Right. It's not an easy life being a speaker. It's not an easy life doing any of that stuff. It looks easy, but nobody knows the grind that you've done underneath it all. Nobody does. They, all they see is where you're at. And nobody, did anybody want to talk to me when I opened up my school in 1990? Nah, no, no. You know, there. Uh, what I heard was, oh, you're not going to make it. You don't, you know, you're not, you're just going to play karate and do all that. Now. Watch me. <laughs> right. Now, 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 you know, you project, I'm doing it for 40 years. Right. And people think that I have the life I have now. They don't see the 20 years of just me cleaning pools while I'm, I'm teaching class at night. Or whatever I had to do to keep things going in order to fulfill this dream and, and get it. But people don't really care about you until you have some kind of success for you. So, Amanda, one thing you did say is to own your success. Because if you want other people to listen to your story or to or to have your coaching, they got to hear where you came from. And they got to hear some of the stuff that you did. So, um I just think that was powerful. I think that's a great, powerful thing that you 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 talked about right there. Strong, strong, strong stuff uh, today. Uh, I mean, I've re- enjoyed this hour with you. So I, I want to give you the 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 last the last words, though. So you, I'm going to have you take it away, and you got some words for the audience to what they can say and where they can find you, and then we'll yeah. we'll go back. Of course, you know, I'm just going to go back to saying it, you got to be consistent with the things that are going to move you forward, and. People do want to hear your story. They want to hear where you've come from because that's how people connect with you. It's okay to share your accomplishments, but also share the the stuff that you had to go through to get there because that's what's going to bring people in. And it doesn't happen overnight. There's a how many years and years and years until people finally make it. And now you have their attention. Well, guess what? 
there's still somebody that needs to hear that they were cleaning the because they're cleaning the pools. They're they're staying they're the custodian, you know, that that hates their job, but they really want to be a music artist, right? So they're practicing while they're cleaning. All of that practice is going to bring them. I didn't know seven years of teaching on a yoga mat was going to bring me a first place speaking award, but it did. And I'm proud of it. And I'm okay with sharing. I'm an award-winning speaker, right? But I put in the time. So be consistent with the things that's going to bring you forward. Um, you can find me at amandaewers.com. All of my information is there um, to connect with me. I'm more than happy to hop on a call. Um, if you want to chat about anything, my books will be on there. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out and connect. I'm on all the social media platforms. So you can find me there, um, ALK0211. Excellent. So I'll have all that. Also, all the viewers that are, are listening and hit replay. If you want to, if you, if you watch the video, do us a favor, put hashtag replay so we know that you kind of listen to us. This will also be on the audio platform. I'll have it out ready to go for you, Amanda, in, in you know, probably by end of, end of day, it'll be ready to go. You're welcome to share the show that you guys have. Listen, for anybody else is out there that you're doing this. Here's how podcasters, you can help out a, a small podcast like myself. If you guys go, it's not it's not about how many people download things. It's about how many subscribers you can get. So if you can just do, hit a little subscribe button either on the YouTube channel that we have here or the or the podcast, uh, you, you know, you can go to Spotify or whatever, and, and you can find Beyond the Mat with Mark Cox on the podcast. If you can just hit subscribe on that, that really helps us out. And anybody here, and man, of your friends here, and they can just hit a little share button. It makes the algorithm go out, helps you, helps the show. And I'd appreciate it, man. I had a great hour with you. Look forward to some more talks. We'll Thank be together you. again. All right. Have right. a blessed day, man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Mark Cox 100 Make sure to subscribe.